welcome to another episode of My Pocket Psych, the podcast all about the psychology of the workplace. I'm Dr. Richard McKinnon, chartered psychologist and coach, and today we're going to have a look at a sometimes uncomfortable topic, and this is the way that we ourselves can contribute to our own sense of overwhelm. Now, nobody wants to feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and panicked. And sometimes we're inevitably hit by multiple concurrent emergencies or setbacks. Things happen that mean that it's all a bit difficult to cope. Um, It can be very hard to get a sense of perspective when we're feeling overwhelmed. It can feel a bit like a, a tsunami of demands upon us. And of course, the last thing we think of uh, is, what will I do differently next time? How might I change my approach to work? Of course, what we're thinking of is, how can I get through this? How can I survive this? So to be really clear, in discussing this topic, I'm I'm not highlighting it to blame anyone. And I don't want anyone listening to this to feel that I'm wagging my finger at them. But in many of the situations uh, where we feel a little bit overwhelmed, we can also feel helpless. But another perspective is to examine what's actually under our control. And that's the lens I would like to explore this topic through this episode. So in other words, to avoid feeling overwhelmed more frequently, what's the stuff that's under my control that might maybe lessen the chance of feeling this overwhelm again in the future. Now, as, as with all of the topics we discuss on My Pocket Psych, there is no one size fits all. So it's really important that as I go through this, that you're having to think about your own context, your role, responsibilities, your personality, your working preferences, your skills and abilities, all of this stuff. None of this represents instructions to you. But instead, what I'm going to do is share some of the most common root causes of overwhelm that come up in my productivity and well-being coaching conversations. And for each of them, it could be useful for you to have a think about the extent to which it applies to you, and then have a think about how you might make some small adjustments to it. I'm also going to link to some other references in the show notes that will elaborate on these points and serve as a bit of signposting to other resources for you. And of course, if this resonates with you and you're left with questions, we would love to hear from you. If you want to get in touch, you can simply drop us an email and the address is podcast at worklifepsych.com. We would love to share your question and answer it. Uh, We'll keep it anonymous if that's your preference. Just let us know what it is you'd like to know more about or indeed what you're doing as a result of listening to this episode. So let's have a look at those root causes. The first of these is pretty obvious, although we don't think of it in these terms all the time. It's procrastination. We procrastinate when we irrationally delay taking action and as a result suffer some consequences, meaningful consequences. Now, the link between procrastination and overwhelm is important to explore because sometimes we view procrastination as some kind of failing, when in fact, another way to look at it is uh, an unsustainable coping response. Uh, 
um, when we don't want to feel something. We don't want to feel the discomfort associated with a certain task, and so we avoid it and we push it into the future. Now, what tends to happen is if procrastination is a habit, that lots of things are getting pushed into the future. And at some point, the deadlines arrive and we can find ourselves with far more to do at any one point in time than if we had chipped away at these things over time. And of course, we, we sometimes have an optimism associated with it, don't we? We think it'll work out. I'll manage this. But what we're forgetting is other things will land on my lap. Uh, other things won't work out. Maybe a colleague will go sick. Maybe we'll have an emergency at work. Maybe I'll be sick and I'll miss a few days of work. And then I have all of these things to do and it's all being done at the last minute. And of course, we can feel very overwhelmed because it's a pure workload challenge. How do I get it done by the deadline? Too much to be done in too short a time. So our procrastination, our irrational delays can lead to this sense of overwhelm alongside other factors that are outside of our control. Now, I'll share some um, resources on effective dealing with procrastination, but just think of that core element. It's, it's not because we're bad people. It's not because we lack this skill. It's our way of coping with things that we feel are uncomfortable. It's an avoidance strategy. So when you procrastinate, you are getting some short-term relief, but you're also setting yourself up for a day, days, or weeks of overwhelm in the future. The second of these is a matter of perspective. Sometimes when we've got a lot on, we'll focus on just getting through the working week. So typically, we might talk about getting through Monday to Friday. And then we're lucky, hopefully, to have a weekend to recover, and then we're back into it. And what often happens with this perspective is we're doing what it takes to get through Monday to Friday without much thought for the week after and the week after that. And what could be much more helpful is to shift our perspective from time to time and look at it from a, a planning point of view and look ahead a week to a month or even to to see what else is out there that I know needs to be done. What else is out there that might have an impact on my capacity to get this stuff done? My holidays, other people's holidays, meetings, offsites, other commitments. Living Monday to Friday is a little bit like just keeping our nostrils above the waterline. We're surviving, absolutely. But we'll come back to work the following Monday or whatever the first day of the week is for you, and get straight back into survival mode. And then we have this constant feeling of just getting through. And all it takes is for one or two things to not go according to plan, and we are feeling very overwhelmed. So quite simply, take a step back. In addition to getting through the priorities for the week, take a step back and look ahead and see how that might change relative priorities, how that might enable you to block out time to get some of those most important things done, or how it might enable you to spot some incompatible demands, the things that are being asked of you that are simply impossible in those timelines. And this leads me to the next very common root cause, because if we spot these problems ahead of time, there's a possibility that we can 
get someone else's input, we can get some help. And failing to ask for help means that we can really enter into that sort of wind tunnel of stress. Uh, our decision making is hampered. Our ability to get, you know, see things contextually is hampered. Uh, manage our relation, uh, our, our emotions. That's that's difficult. Uh, this overwhelm, you know, cascade effect of of lots of negative uh, results from that, and we go into a bit of a bubble. We go into a bubble of I just need to get through this. When in fact, input or assistance from a colleague, your manager, somebody else could give you fresh eyes on this, help you spot a way out from this. But it's so easy to believe I should be able to do all this. I need to get through all of this. When in fact, that might not be the case. So it's important when we spot any incompatibility or any anticipated challenges that we raise the flag and get some input or even assistance from a trusted colleague. Now, if you've ever found yourself a little bit overwhelmed by just looking at the list of things to be done, you're not alone. There's a, there's a benefit to doing a brain dump of all of the things you know that need to be done and getting it down onto a page or into an app, whatever your preference is. But then you're left with a very, very long list. And that in itself can be off-putting. So what we absolutely need to do is spot the priorities. and. A really common reason that people feel overwhelmed at work is that they're not prioritizing. They're treating everything on the list as equally important, which is a little bit like working on a production line. The next thing that comes along is what needs to be done. When in fact, looking at anyone's workload, we can sometimes easily, sometimes more with more difficulty, but we can distinguish uh, between the tasks. And it's useful to look at this in terms of their relative urgency, so the, the time-based perspective, but also their importance, the kind of value they add or the impact that they have. If something is not important, well, if it's not done, there's little in the way of consequences. But if it is important and it's not done, there will be some meaningful consequences. So what we can do with prioritization is use it as a lens that we can look through at the workload and really identify those must-dos. And of course, research has demonstrated that if we're able to kind of ring-fence those three most important tasks at the start of each day, it can have a very positive impact on our uh, evaluation of how the day has gone and our, our general satisfaction and mood with work. It doesn't stop us from moving on to a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. But if we start the day with 20 things on a list, that could really slow us down. That could really leave us feeling overwhelmed. So think about how you can prioritize. I'm going to share a link to a very simple model that I use with my clients all the time, a prioritization matrix that just allows you to categorize your workload into one of four simple boxes. It brings some great clarity and can really reduce those feelings of there's just too much. Our brains are amazing. This is something I say regularly uh, on the podcast. I say regularly to clients, but at the same time, there's a limit to what our brain can do and our memory in particular has limits. If we over-rely on our memory to tell us 
what needs doing. We could either find ourselves in the situation where we're worried we've forgotten something and that nagging, uncomfortable feeling that, oh, there is something else important. I just can't remember what it is. Or we're left working on the next thing that we remember because we haven't externalized these thoughts. You know, it's one of the biggest, uh, most impactful developments in human history, the ability to externalize our thoughts and write them down. And yet we often wander around in the contemporary world, hoping we'll remember stuff that's important to us. So don't rely on your memory. If stuff needs doing, make note of it somehow. Making a a temporary note on a post-it note is, is infinitely better than believing that you'll accurately remember the important stuff when you need it. A topic that we have touched on previously when looking at the area of task management, how we uh, identify and manage the, the little tasks that make up our larger jobs, is the tendency we sometimes have to conflate or mix up tasks and projects. Imagine this, if you look at your list of things to do today, and it's a list of projects, you are on the fast track to feeling overwhelmed. If, however, the list consists of actionable tasks, each of which belongs in a project, then you can make progress on that list. You can visualize your progress by crossing things off. And we love that, don't we? Um, but you, you have identified things that can be done. And there's nothing that'll slow you down faster than scanning up and down that list, looking for something you can make a start on. So make sure that when you are listing these things, that it's actionable, completable tasks and not bigger, higher order projects. So many of us uh, work with others and we are dependent or interdependent with others. And while we might so easily blame others for our overwhelm, and, you know, they can play a role in giving us too much to do or waiting till the last minute to give us uh, their work outputs or not considering our workload, right? There's so many ways that other people can make things a little bit worse. We have a role in this as well. And a topic that I find myself discussing a lot, particularly when we are uh, examining self-confidence, and confident communication is our occasional tendency to give an automatic yes when a request is made of us. And there are so many reasons why we might do that. It's uh, habitual. We don't want to cause offense. We don't want to have a difficult conversation. We don't want to appear that we're not a, a collegiate individual. But at the same time, those automatic yeses just mean more and more stuff is going into the pile. And it increases the likelihood that we won't be able to fulfill those promises. So the yes is a short-term relief from the awkwardness, but it's really adding to the medium to long-term problems. Now, a couple of years back, I read a book called Make Time. It's by uh, Jake Knapp and uh, John Zaratsky. And it's all about some of the small things that we can do each day to address some challenges around efficiency and productivity. But but also the sort of meaning and purpose of work. And I highlighted um, a sentence in that, that 
really, really resonated with me. And I share it regularly about this automatic yes responses. Being more productive didn't mean I was doing the most important work. It only meant I was reacting to other people's priorities faster. So when we're thinking about all the stuff that needs doing, some of that pile uh, will be because we have automatically agreed to something without thinking it through, without thinking of the demands it places upon us, without reflecting on what we've already said yes to, without thinking of the commitments we've already made to ourselves and to others, and without thinking realistically about our limited resources, the time, the attention, the energy that we can give to things. Now, it's really tempting when we manage to make our way through uh, particularly difficult and overwhelming time of things, to get out of dodge, to move on, to race away because we've survived. It's totally understandable. The last thing we want to do is dwell on the fact that it was um, a difficult or even a horrible few days. But I'm going to propose that actually that leads to the final thing on my list for today. And that is our tendency to not learn from our experience. Whatever the reasons are that we find ourselves feeling overwhelmed, when we get through that phase, for however it lasts, it's really important to pause and to note, what was the root cause of this? How did I contribute to this? How did I cope with this? How happy am I with the way I coped with it? What can I learn from this? What will I do differently next time it happens? And more fundamentally, what can I do from now on to minimize the chance of it happening again? Without this reflection, without this attempt to learn from experience, we won't identify and capture and implement the learning. We won't make a difference to how we work or the environment around us and we're leaving it up to other people to decide whether we're overwhelmed or not. Now, really importantly, a sense of overwhelm is very subjective. And um, it's not about the number of things we have to do. It's not about their difficulty. It's about that very basic appraisal. Have I got the resources to cope with this right now? And of course, the right now bit is very important because our belief in our resources can uh, ebb and flow. And if you've had a particularly difficult time of things, it, it won't take a lot to lead you to feel overwhelmed when at other times you feel like you can take on the world. So rather than thinking about an absolute number of tasks you can do, an absolute number of projects you can be involved in, an absolute number of hours you want to spend at your desk, think instead about the limited resources you have, your time, attention, and energy, and how you would ideally like to invest them. Keep an eye on that so that as new demands come your way, you're not giving the automatic yes, but you're looking at them in context. Given the week that I'm in, is this something I can say yes to? Given what's on my plate, do I need to reprioritize things? Given the situation I'm in, do I really need to press pause on some of these activities so that I can really fully engage with these? 
as I hope you've seen, it, it can be a tricky topic to look at because when we feel overwhelmed, we want help. Um, we might want some sympathy. You might not want someone like me saying, well, partly uh, your own choices, your own behavior have led to this. But I think it's really helpful to do that in addition to acknowledging all the things that are outside of our control. It's not about blame. It's about learning. So I hope you found this useful. Um, please do get in touch with your follow-up questions, with your thoughts on uh, these root causes, and maybe you've got some of your own. Your own experience will tell you how you've got to this space. I know from my part earlier in my career, it really was about overcommitting to things because I love the new. I love the shiny, shiny. And also it felt like a, a good thing to be asked to get involved in new projects. And it took me a while to move beyond the automatic yes to a, I'll need to come back to you. Once I've looked at my schedule, once I've reviewed my commitments. And while that might not get you the big smile from the other person in the moment, ultimately, I found that it got me a, a much more sustainable pace and volume of work to deal with. As ever, I'd love to hear from you. As ever, thanks for listening. Thank you.